Hey friend, welcome to The Quest, the podcast featuring three guys who happen to be on staff at the First Christian Church in Cookville, Tennessee, having conversations about following and pursuing God with all of our hearts and helping the church live authentic Christ-following lives in a post-Christian culture. Welcome to The Quest. Sincerely, I hope you're having a good day. I really appreciate you tuning in. My name is Brad. I'm here with my friends Jared and Josh. We're on staff here at First Christian Church in Cookville, Tennessee, and we love talking about the Lord and faith and the Bible, and And we just are so glad when you uh, are able to tune in and kind of take the journey with us. Right now, we're using a book called Unfolding Grace. It's an awesome just kind of look at at, at, at different chunks of scripture, starting in Genesis, walking through to the end to, to Revelation, and uh, taking snapshots of different periods when God worked and um, and 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 revealed more of Himself, and we begin to see you know how His what His grace is all about and how He revealed it to His people. Um, so, it, really glad that you're you're with us today. Awesome section of scripture today, Exodus uh, thirty two through thirty four, um, and and if you're not quite sure what's going on in the story at that time you will you'll you'll hear that in just a moment um please like share subscribe all those good things and uh, i am ready to dive into this this is the children of israel in the wilderness they've received the 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 covenant from god they received the law of god they've come through the red sea they've been delivered from from egypt and uh here they are they, they haven't they haven't uh, even got to the promised land yet, <laughs> but uh, but they're out there in the wilderness and uh, they're learning. They're learning how to walk with God. Um, does that sound? Yep. Yeah. Pretty Absolutely. close. Okay. So um, um, so yeah. So this begins with Moses coming down. He's been up there for forty days. I thought that was so interesting. He's been up there for forty days with God and he hasn't had anything to eat, which is so reminiscent of Jesus yep. in the wilderness for yep. forty days. And he's bringing down the Ten Commandments. And um, wow, some interesting things happen. So, <laughs> so we, we, this is question based. We have a couple questions. So, let, what's the what's the first one, man? Uh, this is section eleven: the idolatry of Israel in the heart of God, um, Exodus thirty-two through thirty-four. And the first question is. What does God reveal to Moses about his character, and how does this give great hope to even the worst of sinners? Oh, my goodness. Wow, you went all the way there <laughs> that quickly with the question. There's so much good stuff before that. I know. But that's okay. We can look all, at it. all three questions are more towards looking at the whole picture, not just not each specific individual. Not just the text the or whatever. Yeah, okay. This is the remember, this is unfolding grace. Yeah, yeah, I understand yeah. that. So he's focusing on the grace aspect. That's cool. But we will, of course, have to dive into some of the other news. Well, yeah. Well, well, it, I, I did love, this is when he hides him in the cleft of the rock, right? And he yeah, says, make the glory yeah. pass before me. And and um, I did see something cool in, in his statement that... Um, I mean, I can't quote it, but it just talks about his holiness, but, and how he uh, is forgiving. So mercy, I will have mercy on whom I'll have mercy. I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. Um, um, But then he will not leave the guilty unpunished. He is just and sovereign. And in there, I found an interesting little nugget of we're all guilty, right? We're all guilty. But he'll have compassion on who he chooses to have compassion. And he's making known the way to step into that compassion mm-hmm. if we want it, mm-hmm. which is very cool. So there is in that statement the revelation of God's character that I want to be compassionate. Right. 
we just we can't willy nilly do it however we want, right? Right. That it, it really comes down to our free will. Which one do you want? Yeah. What do you choose? Compassion or <laughs> Yeah, because I mean our thing is what do you mean compassion? I'm my own God. I want to be my own thing. Yeah. And that's why you need compassion because you're not, right? <laughs> right? There's only one God here. Um, yeah. Read the question again. I'm sorry. I got off a little bit. What does God reveal to Moses about his character? And how does this give great hope to even the worst of sinners? Oh, wow. Once you acknowledge you're a sinner... Well, yeah, it sets up his character is, you know, it, it, that's the law. It's like, look, this is who I am. Right, right. It's the, I am all of these things, which sets up his identity. And it, it forces me to acknowledge that, like you said, I am not God because I cannot keep these laws, right. but he is merciful. Hmm. So in spite of being condemned where I stand, I can be justified by faith in him. Right. Because right. he is faithful and he is just. Right, right. And we're so blessed to live on this side of the cross and have all yeah. that extra it's revelation. so much easier. <laughs> to, to understand that. Right. But um, what what this flies in the face, that, that the question, the reason I asked you to re read it was, I think words are important and sinners, even the worst of sinners. Well, being the worst of sinners is not an issue. The Paul, Paul even said he was the worst of sinners. So right, right. It, it's it's acknowledging it. And, and it's there's this, there's this, I heard Francis Chan talk one time about what he called the big lie. It's just this big lie that I'm a good person. Yep. You know, I, I'm not as bad as that person. I, yeah, I, I, we've all, nobody's perfect, but I, it's the whole, it's the whole thing of my good outweighs my bad. I'm, yeah. you know, I, or whatever. Dante's Inferno, I think has done a, a massive, um, not even disservice. It has twisted Christianity so much where we, where we think that there is this delineation and Layers. this hierarchy of, well, at least I'm not that bad. Right. Yeah. Like, no, you're actually worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah well, I, I have to, true. I have to be at this place where I, I don't compare my sin to your sin and say that, well, your sin is worse than my sin. Right. Lay your goodness beside the actual true, pure, unfiltered holiness of God. The best I have is dirty rags. Oh yeah, for sure. So the worst I have doesn't compare to someone else's worst they have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Max Licato wrote a book called um, um, In the Grip of Grace. And, and he had this illustration about holiness. And this was in a time when Michael Jordan was in his prime. And he was just talking about, you know, if, 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 if your vertical leap was a measurement of your holiness... You know, and I, I think you guys probably, I shared this before, but, um, you know, I got about a 10 inch vertical. I don't know what it is. Honestly, I have no clues, but it's not very much. And I think Michael Jordan has like a 43 inch vertical or something. Something it's crazy. Crazy. Jump over my head, you know, just whatever. And uh, I'm a little taller than 43 inches, but, but anyway, um, <laughs> but still it's like, I'm, I'm not even close. I'm not even close. Right. But God's holiness is the moon. And, you know, from the moon, looking down at that, doesn't matter. There's no real difference. There's no there's no difference uh, yeah. at all in, in, in that, that standard, you know? So, yeah, wow. Um, I, I guess the whole first step of receiving compassion is acknowledging that you are a sinner, mm -hmm. that you need him, that he is God. Mm -hmm. and, that, yeah. and, and, and by extension, it's like that becomes I'm always in a state 
of acknowledging that uh, more sin, like there's never a place or a point that I arrive where, oh, okay, I got it together now. Mm-hmm. It's, it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. doesn't matter how, you know, much theology, you know, doesn't matter how many Bible studies you go to. It's always being at that place of there's still work to be done. Sure. Sure. I have, I'm sorry, Josh, man, you jump in here, man. Just waiting. I always feel like we push you to the corner here. I don't I don't mean to, but I've, I've always struggled with this. I, I, I believe that I see in scripture, this capital R repentance, and then this little R kind of confession and, 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 and repentance. In other words, there has to be a point in your life where you do the giant U-turn. You have the yep. moment where you recognize, I need a savior. Mm-hmm. I am not, not my sins. I am a sinner. Mm-hmm. It's who I am. And so I need that atonement to cover my life. Yeah. Now, time I, keeps going. Yeah. Course corrections occur exactly. as time goes on. Exactly. But now I'm not repenting to, in the capital R sense anymore, mm-hmm. of acknowledging my sin and that he's the... He's God and Christ is my savior. It's, it's more about, I know I'm walking in relationship with him and it's my desire to be closer to him and not to be, not to have that fellowship broken and messed up that drives me to want to course correct, as you say, to, to, to confess when I fall, when I stumble to, to, uh, and I've always thought about that first John passage where he talks about walking in the light. Mm -hmm. I've always thought of that as, okay, once I've stepped into relationship with God, now I have a standard and it's the character of Christ and it's the word of God. And so that's what it means to walk in the light, to walk with him, to walk in his word. And it doesn't mean that I don't stumble. It means that I'm aware of it when I do. Yep. And I'm able to quickly. Oh, and, and that's the purpose of the law, that, that that sin would become all the more powerful, that we would be able to see that. Yeah. For because, what it was. For, yeah. For because what it is. the law is the character of God it yeah. is. Hey, you don't measure up. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, but I still I love you. But that's okay. Yeah, I you know, it it, it kills me because like you know, the, the Jewish people they knew the law. I mean, like they knew the law. Mm-hmm. They should have known. They should Christ. know the purpose of it. Yeah, they should have known Christ when they saw him. Yeah, because he was he was skin on. In a yeah, way, in a way that was his character. Yeah, and so they should have seen like he was Whoa. he was he was the true embodiment of the purpose of the law. He wasn't the letter of the law. He came to fulfill the law. Right. Right. A matter of fact, I'm sorry. I, I got to go back now. Yeah. I got to get into the nuance because I found something powerful in, in Exodus 32. I'd actually seen this before, but it came up again last night. This is so cool. Um, when Moses comes down and he hears the singing in the camp mm. and it's the revelry and all that stuff. And he, you know, he, he crushes the calf and, and, uh, and, and puts it in the water, makes him drink, him it. drink it. <laughs> yeah. It's like crazy. But, but remember when he, he, he calls for a decision of the people, which side are you on? And the Levites, Levites. all run to yeah. him. Right. Yeah. And then he has them go throughout the camp and, and cut down their brothers three, and yeah, 3000 people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's what's so interesting. The law was given on the 50th day after Passover. That is the day of Pentecost. That is what becomes the day of Pentecost. What happens down the road on the day of Pentecost when after Christ? 3,000 people get saved. And the spirit is given. The spirit is given. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The law brings death. 
and the spirit brings life. I just thought that was so powerful, the contrast between those two and how maybe it's a little nuanced, but God doesn't do anything on accident. You know what I mean? That that the law was presented and 3,000 people were lost their life as they encountered it. And and when the spirit came, life came. It's just, I just found that amazing. Uh, and, and the same thing happens. Peter is kind of the Moses figure and that he's calling people to make a choice. Yeah. Only in this case, they received life. Pretty awesome um, that the spirit, you know, the spirit gives life. Right. The law brings death. Just so powerful. Um, of course, that that's leaping way past the time of Exodus. I still think it's cool to to talk about, you know, think yeah, about. We'll get there. Um, um, so anyway, okay, question two. Well, hold on. Okay. I've, I've been waiting. Oh, <laughs> you have been. So um, God shows his glory by he, – he announces – uh, that he's merciful, he's gracious, he's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Um, as the slow to anger part, which I I hear that, and then I also see him come down the mountain, and Moses comes down the mountain, and then before he goes back up, God's ready to wipe out everybody and just start over with Moses. And right. so I hear that, uh, but at the same time, my mind goes to Second Peter three nine: the Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise. As some count slow, slowness, but is patient towards you, not willing, uh, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should uh, reach repentance. Um, and just as as a sinner, hearing God from the very very beginning say, "I'm a I'm slow to anger." And now there are things that He gets righteously angry about, as should Christians when when certain things happen. Um, but there's always that. What I see is there's always that reach of relationship first before this anger is poured out. Mm -hmm. um, and just that slow to anger is, I think, key for us as Christians to help people understand is, yes, God is a a God who can get angry, who can do what he wants because he's God, yeah. uh, but he's slow to get to that point because mm -hmm. he wants you to have this relationship. He yeah. wants you to... Yeah, because Peter goes on to say, not wanting any to, to be... Uh, destroyed, yeah, but right. for all to come to repentance, right? Right, that that's yeah. kind of his heart there. You know, as you say that, it makes me think. And it, human beings, and and uh, we're not going to launch into a COVID thing, but but I've seen this in COVID, and I think we've all seen the, the the ability of people to conflate things, confuse things, and and be so inconsistent with things. You know, rail on this aspect of our response, but then compromise and do something that seemingly is totally. And logical over here. Right. Well, well, with the whole slow to anger thing, I, I think sometimes people conflate that with never gets angry. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, yeah, you're slow to get angry. That doesn't mean there's not times when it happens. And, um, you know, compassionate doesn't, but that's why he says I'm compassionate, yeah. but I do not leave the guilty unpunished. Right. And, uh, yeah, so huge, massive. Good stuff. Okay, now question number question two. Question number two. What does Moses' plea for the Lord to go with his people teach us about what is most valuable in life? <laughs> yeah. I love that he says, if you don't go, I'm not going. Yep. Yeah. That's one of my absolute favorite parts of scripture, honestly. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm not going without you. Well, the whole point is to walk with God. Yeah. And if God's not going to walk with you, then 
And, and, and I really think that, <laughs> that was no God's point. whole point. That's right. well, yeah, that, that, that was God's whole point. And, and he wanted Moses to mentally come to that point. Yeah. He wanted Moses to acknowledge that he couldn't go without him and that he shouldn't go without God. Right. Well, you know what? Oh, wow, wow, wow. My brain's starting to smoke. This is awesome. Okay. Uh, Rick Warren has said many times, anytime God asks a question, it's never for his own benefit. Right? He already knows the yeah. answer. So so you read this passage, and you're like, wow, God's fickle. <laughs> God's having a little struggle in his own heart here with what he wants to do. Yeah, like it was Moses that coerced him yeah, into like, doing like something. Yeah, like Moses, like, yeah, I'll show God. I'll, I'll argue him into doing what I want. And and, and, and I, But you read the text, and you, you if you, yeah. you know, if you're not, if you don't take into consideration the whole text of the scriptures, yeah. you could say, wow, God was going to wipe him out, and Moses talked him out of it. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right. God's dialogue with Moses was bringing him along to a place. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Moses rose to the occasion yeah. in a pretty cool way. It's almost like a, an Abraham thing. Moses struggles at times. We all do. Abraham. I think about Abraham. I, was, I just always think about him. He has these incredible pinnacle moments of faith. And then he says he's and David. I mean, they all of them, right? Yeah. Peter, all, all of oh, them. Yeah. They all they have these struggles, but 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 they but God sees in them a genuine desire to know Him mm-hmm. and walk with Him, and and here Moses demonstrates that. Yeah, I'm not going if you don't go. Yeah, and well, it's something we we've talked about about um, counseling. It's the counselor's job to get you to come to that conclusion to draw it out. Mm-hmm. So God is the ultimate counselor. Yeah. <laughs> And he knows our heart and he our knows. mind and every motive and <laughs> everything. So he he can he can um, he knows the buttons to push. Yeah, he, he he can arrange the circumstances that are required for us to get to the point where we can acknowledge our failures and his complete and utter control. Right, our absolute need for him. Yeah, and you know what? God knew the last. He, he knew he knew the end of the story before he even said the first word to Moses. Yeah. Yep. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, and I see that. It, well, again, I, I'm assuming we're going to get into Job. Um, I don't know that at some point, but that, you know, God knew the end of the story. Satan didn't. Right. So God says, Hey, consider my servant Job. And Satan's like, Oh, he'll curse you if I, and God's like, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you, you how, much, how comforting is that? Oh, I know that God can, can say that to Satan and that I can rest in, Oh, okay. God already knows how this ends. So it really doesn't, the middle part doesn't matter. Right. Right. Might not be super pleasant. It will not be super pleasant. I guarantee it. (laughs) But how awesome and what a, an amazingly powerful testimony that Mm -hmm. demonstrates for everyone who observes it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the power of, you know, New Testament calls us fix your, fix your mind on things above. Right. Fix your eyes on Jesus. The, the, yeah. you know, we have this poster in all of our offices. Set your, your fix your eyes on Jesus um, um, or keep your eyes on Jesus. But, um, you know, it, it's it's the Christian life is so much of uh, this week. I'm preaching on hope. Yeah. It's it's our hope in the fulfillment of God's promises and what's to come and in his character that 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 enables us to take the long haul. Mm-hmm. And to take the long view and to say, yeah, this, yeah, the flesh just wants instant gratification and it will sacrifice what it'll sacrifice holiness and, and, and character and whatever for, for instant, you know, grat- gratification of whatever. Um, 
And uh, yeah, it's it's knowing that your life's in the hands of the one who knows the end of the story. Mm-hmm. That totally changes. Have you ever been in a pitch black cave? Like an actual I've been, I've been in pitch lives. black places. Okay. Um, it was um, in, in Northern California. There was the, the subway caves and, it, and in the very, very center of it, it was absolute black. Mm-hmm. And it was wild to me because it, it's hopeless when you're in there. You have no idea what directions, what yeah. you have no idea. There is no hope. And the instant you turn this corner, there's a glimmer of light from like a mile down the, the, the tube that you can just see this pinpoint. As soon as you see that, it's unbelievable that this you just fixate on that. It's like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. I can get out. I know where to go. Right. I know that it, you know, there eventually I'll get through this. Right. It's an orientation thing. Yeah. Too. But when we're in yeah. the midst of sin and, and death prior to Christ, we're in that blackness. There is no hope. Yeah. But we when we, we accept Christ, we get that that just infinitesimal prick of light. That thing that we can focus on, that thing that we can pursue, the thing that we can go after, that's always there, that North Star. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it just changes everything. It just changes everything. Yeah. So good. So true. Yeah. I mean, Abraham lived his whole life never receiving the fulfillment. Yep. But the promise alone and, and the experiences he'd had with God up to that point, they sustained him. Mm-hmm. It's, that's powerful. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, are we ready for three? Are we? Well, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's go to three. I'm going to read this little section before I ask the question. Okay. Uh, so there's the tension here. Uh, he, uh, God is also a God of justice, uh, for he will by no means uh, clear the guilty. How will this tension be resolved? Um, how will he show mercy to sinners without uh, compromising his justice? We will need to keep this question in mind throughout the rest of the Old Testament. and The tension will ultimately find a resolution in only one place, and that is the cross. So how does the crucifixion of Jesus ultimately resolve the apparent tension in these chapters between God's mercy to sinners and the upholding of his justice? <laughs> You want to jump on that, Josh? Oh, no, I'm just... Wow. I, I wanted to read that little bit in the, yeah, yeah. Uh, that they give before the chapter that leads us into... Yeah. I, I just hear Isaiah. Hmm. The punishment that brought us peace was, yeah. was put on him. I mean, that's... The holiness of God was appeased by the sacrifice of the perfect blood of the perfect Son of God. I mean, he, he who knew no sin became sin, right? Paul says... And, yeah, Corinthians, that, that we might become or receive the righteousness of God. It just, I mean, I don't mean to sum it up in quick little quotes, but wow. Um, and then in the Old Testament, I still remember Dr. Reese all the time, my Old Testament prophet, the school I attended, um, just talking about that, that God's desire has always, from Genesis to Revelation, been for people to walk with him um, in grace by faith. Now the, the 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 means of atonement and and the means of having our sin, you know, covered, right? shifts and, and there's this even this whole book title unfolded unfolding grace. There's there's kind of a progressive revelation. We know so much more about God than even Moses knew. Right. Yeah. Right? Um because of the continual revelation. It's unfolding, but 
in every stage, there was an opportunity to acknowledge who God is, to surrender to him, and to have a path to experience his grace by placing your faith in him, yeah. you know? Um, and ultimately, that's fulfilled in Jesus, you know? The once for all, praise God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm telling you, I always bring my TV shows I'm watching. I'm not even going to recommend this show. I'm just going to tell you because there's, there's, man, it's it's hard to watch because it's it's brutal. It's about a a culture that was really really rough. But this group of people in the seventh century who were uh, Vikings, and um, um, it happened. I forgot my thought on oh, no. all this. Oh, um, um, uh, <coughs> wait, 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 we're talking about. Um, you're going to have to edit here. It's okay. Okay. So, ah, why did that happen to me? <laughs> I hate that because it was really good. Um, atonement and progressive revelation and grace by faith. Oh, I forgot. It's all right. What, what I, <clears throat> love about this section with knowing what we know of Jesus and the cross is Moses is the Christ figure in this story of, um, you know, God's, God's angry. Um, he's, he's mad. He's frustrated because, uh, his people that he just saved out of captivity have now turned and made, uh, these, you know, golden calf that they're now worshiping and all that stuff. Right. And and Moses is the one that is you know, goes back up in, into God's presence, and he um, stands in the place of you know that that counselor that yeah. the, the in, person in between yeah. in between the, the two and, the priest uh, yeah, yeah. mediator yeah. Um, and then of course we see that with Jesus through the cross he is the one that now stands um, in our place he is he's taken that on himself and now he can. Um, you know, vouch for us as no, they're with us. They're with right. me. I've they're covered covered. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. yeah. Okay. It came back. Okay. okay. So it always works. So I don't, I don't know how you're going to edit this. This is okay. crazy. <laughs> These, this, this show that I've been watching about Viking people and, um, you know, they're, they're very pagan, but they're also very devout to their paganism. I oh. mean, they're very much yeah devoted to this thing. And there's a lot of sacrifice, and mm. and, uh, and the show pulls no punches in kind of the graphic graphic nature of sacrifice. I mean, you know, you don't go to Kroger and buy chicken. It's it, it's it's you actually grab the thing and anyway. Um, but it just makes me so thankful that we live post the perfect once for all sacrifice. Yeah. That 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 shedding of His blood for that one time, which was heinous and horrible and unimaginable. But it ended the need for any more of yeah. that, you know, and I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, in the Old Testament, there was such a powerful lesson daily of just having to continually be reminded that more blood has to be shed. More blood has to be shed to atone for your sin. And uh, like you said, I'm so grateful yeah. for Christ, you know, so mm -hmm. just awesome. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, that's the end of our questions, right? That's it. Okay, well, just nuance. Um, did anybody else chuckle 
when Aaron said it just came out of the yes. fire. Oh, dude! <laughs> I just threw their gold and all that stuff in there, and it, it, it this calf came out, <sighs> bro. I like nobody buys that. Don't even. <laughs> it, it's, uh, and he knew better. Well, this is I, Aaron. I just see in that. He's there with Moses for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I just see in that. We laugh at that. Oh, but I do it all oh, the yeah. time. Yeah, it, it's it's different <laughs> circumstances, but we do the same stuff. Oh yeah, and oh, we can justify man. it up one side and down the other. Yeah, and that's it's it's so much easier to point blame. I mean, we see this even in the garden. Let's point blame. Let's shift it away from me. Yep. So I don't have me. to. Be, so I don't have to come to the realization face to face with my own sin. I'll just shift it so that I don't see the severity of what I'm doing or yeah. what I have done. Right. So it makes me feel like a better person yeah. because what well, wasn't me, it just came out this way, mm-hmm. even though I formed it with my hands and I like, <laughs> it just came out this way. Um, it's so much easier just to shift it. And yeah, it really, really is. Which, which really gives undermines and guts the whole thing of I'm a good person mm-hmm. because Who's the determinant of that? You? I mean, you're the one who rationalizes all of your own behavior and mm. you can justify it and you can say, it's not my fault because. Be wise in their own eyes. Yeah. I remember right. That, yeah. that whole thing. And so, yeah, it's just crazy. Um, well, yeah. it's it just, it, and how often do I give credit to myself for God's success in my life? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His goodness. <laughs> I mean, grace, yeah. here we have a God who. Completely and utterly decimates the the world power. Yeah. Takes them out of a place into what should have been a death trap, you know, up against the sea. Gets them through that. Guides them, you know, pillar of fire, pillar of smoke, you know, guides them around, right? To a mountain. Descends upon mount, said mountain in thunder and lightning and smoke and... You know, yeah, 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 we're going to put all of our gold together. We're going to form this calf and we're going to worship it because that's what saved us. I'm interested to see, because when I was listening to it last night, it was, these are your gods. Yes. So I'm like, so did they make the one big one that sits in the center of everything? And then did they also create ones for their homes? Probably. Or multiple so that no matter where you were in the camp, you could see your gods who brought you out of um it's a lot of gold it's a lot of gold <laughs> and they drank it all oh, yeah. i mean it's crazy uh, um yeah i just think the big thing is how how um lost we just all are without god apart from god we're just capable of doing the stupidest things and yeah. we really are um uh, most destructive and 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 ultimately, God is 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 just saying, "Look, apart from me, you're dead anyway." Mm. Right? I mean, so <laughs> it's it's uh, honestly, I don't know why my mind's going to this. I, back to, going back to the Genesis story when God confronts them and and brings death into the world as a result of sin, and and man, that seems so harsh, but. Man, the longer I lived, I had a, a conversation with a friend of mine last night, just thinking about the state of the world. And I said, I'm so glad I'm, and I don't, please, if you're 20 and you're 21 or 22 or whatever, I'm just telling you as someone in their fifties, I don't want to be 20 again. <laughs> I don't want to be 20 again. I mean, I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to, to be at this stage of the story. I'm okay with, with being closer to 
my checkout time. I, sure. Because death is actually a blessing. Who wants to live in this world forever? Nobody. And when you know Christ and you know that to die is gain. Christ, you just die is gain and to live is Christ. Um, um, it just, it's just different. And so, so, okay, we're dead. We're dead period without God. So, uh, anything that he does that chastens us or, or, or brings us to our senses, it's mercy. Yeah. yeah. It's just mercy. It is. Even if we may complain about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not pleasant. It's no. Not pleasant. <laughs> but, wow. But where are we at for time? Uh, 32 minutes. 32. Plus we're, or minus. We're there, right? So let's just wrap it up, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. What an interesting couple of chapters. Genesis 32 through 34, if you want to check them out and read them today. Exodus 32 through 34. What did I say? Genesis? Genesis. I'm sorry. It's Exodus. Yeah. But uh, thanks for hanging. Do like, share, subscribe, all those good things. And uh, have a good day. Keep your eyes on Jesus. We'll catch you in the next podcast.